You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger and it is Wednesday, the 25th of November. We feeling better today? Much better. It's amazing what a couple hours worth of napping can do for you. Do you want a pillow so that you're comfortable or anything? You uh, I'm, you're, I'm you're set good? up. I'm okay. okay. All right. That's good. That's good. So last week, because I'd hosted a couple of episodes, Vince was quite nice and offered to take the burden this week if I wanted to. And I said, no, oh, that's all right. I'll be all right. And I'd been thinking that because you'd been talking about the Justice League Dark Side War, may as well jump in and 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 see what all the, the the fuss is about, and if in fact it is that good, because I actually had stopped reading Justice League very early on in the New Fifty Two when they had rebooted. I'd read a mm-hmm. few, and it didn't do too much for me, so I'd stop. So I thought, well, this is a perfect time. I'll go back to it and read it. And as anybody who has listened to prior episodes know, I like to binge read. In this case, it wound up being forty five issues of Justice League. All of the dark side tie-ins, with the exception oh. of the Lex one, which I don't think that one's out yet, is it? I think it might have come out this week. Okay. I don't think so. I didn't see it on the release. Okay. Well, it's coming up then. Soon, yeah. And a few tie-ins here and there. That's since last week. So now on Monday, we had our our For the Lore gaming podcast, which ran a little bit long too. And that means several hours of editing as well. And I was a little bit behind and I was worried if I get that if i'd read them all i pulled off some next level shit podcast editing wherein i edited while i was reading through issues even <laughs> just listening for key things to edit out spaces smacks ums and things like that so that was pretty pretty awesome did this for several hours once i'd finished editing exhausted because it was late and i knew i'd be waking up early for work i still dedicated to this podcast said, nope, stayed up late, laying in bed, <laughs> reading through issues just so that I was caught up. Tuesday morning, I got two issues of the tie-ins to read, one with breakfast, the other with lunch. I am good to go. <laughs> then I get a DM on Twitter from somebody who's feeling a little tired and needs a day off. Now, in my head, I was thinking something entirely different than what came out, which was, of course, no problem. In my head, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me, motherfucker? Because I just read, binge ran all this so that I was going to be on time. And I was. And you pulled that off. And I was like, I appreciate your dedication, bitch. But as you are well aware, this is an exceptionally busy week for me. It was funny, but there was still some swearing involved. (laughs) There definitely was a lot of duck quacks because I was like, oh, I could have slept yesterday. (laughs) Even with all that, you probably still got more sleep than I did. Unlikely. Anyways, so now that being said, of course, I had told you to like read whatever you want. Obviously, you're busy and whatnot. And I don't know if you even wanted to go back and read these. Did you actually go back and read some of the earlier stuff? Well, I'd 
I hadn't read all of them, but I'd kind of kept up with a lot of it. So I just kind of went to the wiki to refresh my memory. Right. But I, I think of the 45 issues, I've read most of the non-crossover, non-tie-in with right. big event ones already. So it, it was just a matter of reminding myself of what happened in them. It's – we see this in a lot of series, especially I find those that involve a team where mm-hmm. in – the writers often have a grand vision of what it is that they want to do. And it's not always well executed issue to issue, however, is well executed when looked at for the whole of its sum. And right. I find that's very much the case with the Justice League, especially with John's leading it, because I find that you'll read an issue, and for me personally, don't have to agree. I don't always find the issue enjoyable. I mean, it's not to say like I hate it or anything, but it's like, meh, whatever. Or That's pretty I, indicative of John's work as a whole. Yeah, and so the and the, I don't always find the pacing's good either. So often the pacing will feel off and or it ends too soon or you know, different things. Mm-hmm. But then when you see the event as a whole, then it actually is far more enjoyable like to the point of after the initial story arc which is the dark side the the first dark side war when he comes through and they, they push him back through um that was actually far more enjoyable reading all of it in one shot versus well, and it's not like it's a lot i mean it was three issues but still um back to back made a lot more sense and was far more enjoyable than the waiting for each issue. And because again, pacing and whatnot, but just to, to say like even the Aquaman stuff, when you read the Aquaman man event, which was from four to whatever kind of thing. And you're seeing all this stuff going on there. It was far more enjoyable when you looked at it, reading it all in one shot and seeing all of the powers at play kind of thing versus cause I know cause I had actually read one of these before and it was like, Oh Christ. But again, <laughs> read it all together. And it was like, actually that was pretty damn good. All things considered and for the fact that it was an Aquaman story. That was actually pretty good. It would have been a lot better if I didn't have to actually read issues of Aquaman to go along with. <laughs> didn't do it. Didn't no, no, you can't. There were, there were points as I was muscling through these where I obviously know I miss things and that's, just because of the stupid way in which, well, both Marvel and DC do their tie-ins where they try to force you to buy other comics that you don't necessarily want to read. So, I again, especially like that, the Trinity stuff too, which is oh, funny because I I'm, remember we read that way back when. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was funny reading through these again because like events are happening. I'm going, oh, God, I remember when this was actually happening and it wasn't fun then. Still not fun. <laughs> so, so some of these were justifiably, again, not fun to go through. All of the crap with the Green Arrow wanting to be part of the team and then the infiltration stuff leading up to the um, the evil within stuff as well. Although I will say the evil stuff, I kind of, and the syndicate, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more this time around because, again, it was, I was reading just, the core, just these things, not the tie-ins and all in one shot, not as bad. Still kind of, I felt it, it drew on for way too long, but it was mm-hmm. still not nearly as bad. Yeah. Like 
I didn't read very many of those, but I was like, eh. The, the only thing I enjoyed about those was the fact that I love Lex Luthor, and he's such a charismatic character that I would read more comics focused around him, which is why I kind of liked a lot of the stuff they did after Forever Evil with putting him on the team because it's such a fun dynamic. Eh. I I would agree were it not for the fact that we've seen that kind of thing done too many times. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, God, not this again. The only redeeming part of it was his constant toying with Bruce. Oh. That was fun to read. Because <laughs> I'm just – I'm waiting for Bruce to turn around, haul on him and clock him at some point. <laughs> and it sadly never happens because I was waiting for that that – uh that Green Lantern moment from way back when I was a kid reading where he clocks him and knocks him out with one punch. And I was like, I want to see that. That would be funny if it kind of did a little thing to that. Uh, I liked the Cheetah stuff actually a lot mm-hmm. more reading through it as well because that's a character that was – I'm not going to lie. Obviously, there's a lot of these old ones. and It's a villain. I don't really know that all that much about him because I might not necessarily be reading those comics. And Cheetah has always been one of those characters for me that was like, I mean, she's not that freaking tough. It's kind of like a Catwoman thing. Like, it really shouldn't be that hard to take this character down. But here you get all of the backstory and you find out all of the other things that are actually making her such a powerful villain. And I really dug that. Like, when even Clark gets... um gets the curse in him and you realize the extents, the extent of what it can do and how it can change somebody and, and, and how it then made her that much more powerful. I really dug that actually quite a bit. I remember when that was coming out and I, I, I did enjoy the storyline, but I also remember shaking my head at a lot of the artwork. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really does. The thing that I've actually really enjoyed, you don't see it, it's it's good, but I kind of wish it did a little bit more. But yeah, I can appreciate how because it's a, a team dynamic, you can't just focus too too much on certain characters. But we got a lot more on Vic as the issues progress. Mm-hmm. And again, you notice it more when you're reading 45 issues in one week and plus the tie-ins kind of thing. And there's this really nice thread throughout for Vic. And I, I wish there was more because there's scenes wherein different characters are talking to him and you get a little bit more insight into what life is like for Cyborg right now that you may not necessarily appreciate Otherwise, again, the fact that he struggles with his humanity and, and and hanging on to the fact that he's still human. And then you get the the fact that, you know, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't have a lot of things that he does in downtime because he's always doing something. And also that white noise of constant information streaming in that he has to then work at either trying not to listen or filtering out so that there's only key words that trigger him so that he can then action it. And it made me think very much of, you know, an early Jean Grey or something like Mm -hmm. that, wherein they have to filter out that noise. And I kind of thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, I've I've really liked the character Cyborg. I mean, going way back to you know the Teen Titans Titan stage, stuff, but yeah. seeing what we've seen here with the, the new Fifty Two Justice League, like he's been a really powerful character, and that's the reason. If you remember back, I was so disappointed when I picked up the first issue of his solo series and couldn't even get past the first couple pages because it was so poorly written. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe it's good, but it, it was just I, I picked it up, I looked at it, and I went nope, and <laughs> walked away. Yeah. And then there was also a huge focus on secondary characters that they were trying to bring in and give them spotlights, which for the most part, I wasn't crazy about those, but, and and I didn't read the early Shazam stuff. I remember we talked about that when in new 52 mm. first happened and those were coming out and it was like, Oh God, I hate these, yeah. these stories with Shazam. So I didn't even bother with that. But then partway through you get an issue that's primarily just on Shazam. And I actually initially was like, oh, I'm going to have to muscle through it because it maybe it ties in somewhere, but that was actually pretty good. And it was the same thing with the dark side war one. I'm looking at the different ones and I'd read a few and I was like, Damn, that was good. And then it was like, ah, oh, the Shazam one. And then I started reading it. Eh, not too. It was actually one of the better tie-ins. I it thought. was. Yeah. Initially, I wasn't as crazy about it the first few pages. But then the more you got into it and the deeper you got in, it was like, damn, this is actually pretty damn good. And so I did enjoy that one as well. When it comes to the New 52, I like Shazam. I just hate Billy. See, I think that, that's the big problem. Yeah. And, and this keeps going back to what I say constantly about when a writer feels the need to just make a kid a jerk or a teenager a jerk because all their teenagers and all teenagers are jerks. And I was like, no, they're not. I'm not saying they have to be saints, but that little attitude. Yes, it's true. You will get that from teenagers periodically, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean we want to read about it. We don't need that. <laughs> To be authentic. Because I think it loses what made Shazam such an interesting character, that Billy was very innocent and that he's approaching these scenarios, you know, from a completely different point of view that you know, he he's the one that expects the Justice League to be, you know, the comic book heroes. And, you know, when they kind of go against that is when he has problems. Like, have we seen they did great work with that in the the animated stuff? Like, I think Billy is a more important part of the character than the, the superpowered version. And it's, they just haven't quite gotten it right. Well, they changed it because that's what it used to be. Mm -hmm. But now it is that he's just a little jerk quite often. And they played it off because he's the orphan kid and he had a rough life and this and that. But it's like, it didn't have to be this way. I mean, we don't have to look any further than Nova because he should be the Nova of the DC universe mm -hmm. and look at how good they've done with Nova who has had an equally shitty life and yet has pulled it around and look at what he's doing. And he is an inspiration for a lot of even higher level characters, superheroes kind of thing. So they could have done that, but unfortunately it's tossed in just as punk most of the time. Anyways, that yeah, doesn't tie into the characters they're trying to portray. No. And so anyways, let's jump right into the, the actual dark side war then. Cause again, there was a lot of other stuff that was, yeah, it was enjoyable and whatnot, but we're not here primarily to talk about that. Well, if I can just touch on of it course, real quick, course, lead, yeah. leading up to the dark side war, the stuff after forever evil with the, uh, Lex Luthor joining and then the Amazo virus and all that was okay, whatever. But I do have to say, I like what they did with the character of power ring. I found that to be pretty interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, again, one of the new characters that they gave quite a bit of time to, but 
I think that I found it worked better because of the integration of the character than with the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look, say, at Firestorm or things like that, they were there. They got moments to shine, but not nearly as much as part of the team. Whereas with her, because of the issue with the ring, there was a lot more integration, especially with Barry early on and then later on with Hal, wherein they're really trying to help her focus. And it's training. It's superhero training 101 kind of thing. And I really kind of dug that quite a bit, especially because... Despite the fact that the character starts off as someone who's so afraid of life and agoraphobic and everything else, is conquering those fears, tying into the willpower that Hal can teach her about and whatnot. But it's it's coming from within her as well and learning to conquer fear. And it doesn't go away either. Mm-hmm. It keeps creeping in like real life as she as different things happen. And she has to continually work and force and try to to keep that fear in check. And yeah, I agree. That was really well done. Yeah, because it's never going to get better. It's never going to go away. The source of her power is a malevolent entity. So she can either stop being a superhero, but then at that point, it's just going to latch onto somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I love that dynamic. Yeah, it was very good. The other thing that I liked too early on was the Metal Men. I thought that was really well done. I remember reading some of that in a tie-in. Don't ask me which one because I honestly can't remember. But I think it was the Forever Evil stuff. Yeah, because it was right after. But I don't know which tie-in it would have been unless they were in the actual Forever Evil. But anyways, and there was more about that in several issues here where you got to see a little bit more of the, the characters and, again, how they relate to other Heroes, primarily, of course, Cyborg, who's working with them. And I kind of really dug those. Those stories were fun to read. I've just never particularly cared for the characters in the first place. So, meh. Yeah, I'm not saying it was spectacular, but again, it was – I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. It was fun to read. And see, again, we're leading into the the Luther stuff going in. And it reminded me also kind of of every time we see Magneto joining the X-Men. And you're like, (laughs) it's only a matter of time, guys. I'm warning you now because apparently you don't know something's going to happen. Except here it's like to the nth degree. Like you know bad things is coming. It's just a matter of when and where and how. So because of that it and because it is such a cliche, you're – I, at least for me, am spending a lot less time enjoying the story and just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So that's kind of where I was at with most most of that. I wish they'd just kind of slow played it. Like we knew it was coming. So maybe do enough stories where Luthor is just being, you know, a normal, nice, productive guy to make us forget about it before every all hell breaks loose. But but then there's a lot of foreshadowing where mm-hmm. he's making calls, talking to people, hiring they, 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 they never gave us the opportunity to believe. Exactly. They, yes, Luthor. there you go. Yeah. And again, if you're going to use that cliche, okay, well, at least make it work somehow. And I really didn't think at any point that it did. And maybe that was the point. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what John's wanted. And if so, then, okay, fine. It, it changes what the story could have been. And to be fair, the idea of, again, maybe eventually believing that he could be right only to have the rug pulled out is just as bad a cliche as what was presented here. Because it's a lot of what I like about Luthor is the same stuff I like about Dr. Doom. He's utterly convinced that he's doing the right thing. And he just, you know, 
there are certain aspects of Superman that he doesn't like, but he believes that at least most of what he's doing is in the best interests of Metropolis and the human race as a whole. Now, whether we believe that or not remains to be seen, but it's, it's the one thing I've always liked about the character that he's not completely evil. He's just very, very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I really did like, like I said, was the interactions between him and Bruce. Because mm-hmm. again, it, same as Marvel, although more so with DC, the heroes have their villains. And yes, there's some cross-pollination sometimes, especially in a Justice League title. But more often than not, they still do kind of stick with their hero and, mm-hmm. and villain combos. So seeing those two going head to head, which I'm certain must have happened in other series. I just I, it, I, I can't had to remember. because they're they're such great foils to each other. That's the thing. I I prefer seeing these two going up against each other than Clark and and uh, Lex. Like by far, I much preferred this. Those moments were the only redeeming points for me for this entire thing with and by this entire thing I mean of course just the the Lex being part of the team but mm-hmm. anytime they were together be it at Wayne's house <laughs> when they're just sitting there <laughs> sipping a drink and talking or after the boardroom meeting I loved when the announcement is made of the partnership and Lex is stealing the stage and of course Bruce upstages him no problem <laughs> and you see that look in Lex's face <laughs> So the amazovirus stuff I thought was interesting. I I I mean it, it was cool some of the stuff that was happening but it wound up being very much it, it felt like it could have just easily have taken place in Batman Superman because mm-hmm. those are the only two you really care about and that are really doing anything worthwhile kind of thing. Um, up until like once everybody's kind of got the virus stuff, although there were a few moments to shine yet again for power ring. So, but it, it was interesting. It just, I, at yeah, that it, point it I was bad. It just wasn't great. Yeah. I was just waiting for the, the, the dark side stuff at that point. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was because of that. I was, again, I was muscling through and it's like, okay, let's get to the real action here. And then once it does start with the, 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 the dark side stuff, that was pretty, I will agree with you. That was actually really, really good. Like mm-hmm. I, I would tell people to go back and, and even do read the amazovirus stuff because it kind of ties in and there's a really nice smooth transition then that goes into the, the, um, the dark side war. But surprisingly, because honestly, the apocalypse stuff is, is eh, whatever, or dark side, I should say on apocalypse is kind of like, Whatever, I enjoy some of it. Ironically, I enjoy it a lot more in the animated series mm-hmm. when they did that. That was freaking awesome. But here it's like, eh, it's all right, but whatever. But it just builds so well. And especially once you're getting some of the stuff with Scott in there as well, tying back to a little bit more history of... Mm-hmm. Again, dark side, the planet and everything else, especially when you're getting the issues as well. I can't remember which issue it was, but the one that spots light spotlights dark side and you get that history of why he exists, how he came to be and, yeah. and things like that. And I was like, damn, <laughs> all of a sudden 
issues one, two, and three of this, of Justice League, make a lot more sense in terms of just how hard it was for them to get rid of him and be afraid that he was going to come back. Yeah, like, see, it's the thing. I've always enjoyed the new gods, like going back to like rereading a lot of the old Jack Kirby stuff. And when he first introduced them, they were their own unique continuity within DC. But of course, hey, here's some really popular characters. We have to fold them in with the regular DC universe. And since then, they've very rarely been handled, I think, with the level that the characters deserve. They've just been kind of interchangeable villains. Like, oh, we need somebody really strong for Superman to punch. Let's bring in Darkseid. So what I really liked about what they did here with this Dark Side War is they really elevated the characters kind of back to where they were. They're not just really strong villains. They are literally a pantheon of gods that exist on their own level apart from everything else we've seen. They have their own storylines. They have their own backstories. They have their own feuds. They're not just random villains. They're they're really a threat, and I think that's the best thing we've done here because we've seen the Justice League beat Darkseid enough times that he didn't really feel like a threat anymore. But in this storyline, when he shows up with the army, with Steppenwolf, with Kalibak, with ev- all everything going on, you're like, this is the Darkseid we've been missing for a while. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I felt with the story. And again, it might be because of how I read it all in one shot. Maybe I'd think differently about it if I if these had been weeks apart. But what I felt was that the build up at no point that I think this is either taking too long or it's going too fast. The the pacing for that story and it's still not done. They're still working on it has yeah, been, we're, we're into act two. <laughs> There's has a been lot more to go. Phenomenal, phenomenal, really, really impressive. And being able to juggle this ever increasing roster of heroes for the justice league and and different other people has been actually again so well paced that you're really appreciating the story and like you said too all of the stuff with with the various gods and everything that's going on really well done so that once you're getting to the climactic parts you now have a half dozen or more issues of buildup that has made you invested in those, the villains as well as the heroes. So that spoiler warning, when dark side gets killed, you've actually gotten so much information about him, about just how strong he actually is and everything that's going on with the, the anti dude and whatnot as well, that when it happens, you're like, Holy crap. Like this was on par with say the, the injustice stuff early on where, where Superman punches through the Joker's chest and it's like, okay, I, he's probably not going to stay dead because this is comics, but it was, I felt so well done that it was like, Oh damn, they did it. They actually killed him. That was freaking awesome. See, for someone like me who, knows so much like the backstory of the new gods and whatnot like there were so many things that just kept upping the ante that yeah like like for you like the stuff they explained really did it but there's also like when the black racer shows up like holy crap that's a huge deal and when batman and green lantern are investigating uh mobius's lab and like for me the reader the realization of holy crap it's the anti-life equation like it's not mentioned in the story before that point but 
people who know what's going on and what it's about can pick up on it earlier. Like it gave such a sense of anticipation that the payoff was absolutely worth it. Yeah. And the, the, the further payoff is each of the justice league members becoming a God. Mm-hmm. Now, in theory, if somebody told me that, I would – no, I'm serious. Yeah, I, would, I, I agree. I would groan and go, oh, I don't know. That just sounds stupid. I, I can't see that working. I'm wrong. I'm I'm way to go, guys, <laughs> because I loved every one of these, the, 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 the tie-ins for this, which how rare is that for us to say these tie-ins to this major event are fantastic and they're DC. <laughs> <laughs> That well, does not happen. It's not a major event. Like I haven't seen anybody talking about this. I haven't seen it publicized. It's just, you know, a regular Justice League story as far as everyone else is concerned when honestly, it's the best event DC has done in a while. In ages. And it's a hell of a lot better than most of the stuff Marvel's done recently as well. Damn right. Oh yeah. This again, I the moment that they 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 start with the the different god stuff within the Justice League, not even in the, in the, mm-hmm. the tie-ins. When you get Batman on that chair, oh, just, gold! That was yes. freaking. Every panel was amazing and funny, and and you're like, what would you do? <laughs> kind of thing. What would Batman do? What would you do if you were in that chair? And I love that he's the detective. And it's that immediate, like, who's the Joker? Really? That can't be right. (laughs) We need payoff to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But there's so many things where in they really stayed true to the character. And that's what I found with each of these. And again, this is where, and again, we have not been praising DC enough when they need it for different things, especially the injustice and different things that are spectacular. But a lot of times it's like, ah, oh, this just doesn't work. It's one and of those the, things we've been burned so many times. We're hesitant well, to check out some of the stuff. And the thing is, is it's the same thing that we've said with Marvel events as well. We don't have to look any further than various spider events where we've said the same thing, where the actual event more often than none, not done by slot fantastic tie-ins it's like they forgot who these characters are whereas here and and they're written by different people these tie-ins they stay true to who the character is and didn't change who the person is because suddenly they're a god now superman was the least Mm -hmm. that fits into that description the least i find because it was very much a he's just going to be this evil jackass bastard until the moment where it's like oh and it's he kind of the baby blues come out and he he's going to change a little bit whereas when you look at like the green lantern stuff that was great and it's like he's fighting to save owen and everybody and when he finally accepts the, the the power of the gods and then he works through with that but of course he's like the first one to really push out of that and let mm-hmm. it go because of the willpower so again it, it fit with the character and I, I don't know about you but I actually really really like that Green Lantern one quite a bit I don't know I it was alright it just didn't grab me for some reason okay. and I, I, I can't even put my finger on it like it was just eh for me oh see I liked it quite a bit again it was because of how true it stayed to the character I felt. The 
Flash one was amazing. Yes. What that I was some great stuff. Especially like about it is that the tie-in issue, everything that happens takes place in that conversation that you hear where he's talking to himself <laughs> at the end of mm-hmm. one of the issues of Justice League, but he's just standing there. But you it's can only the do Flash. that with the Flash. Have an entire issue that takes place between panels in another comic. I thought but, that was brilliant. And, yeah, it's a great use of the character. Brilliant. I mean, he's zipping around all over the goddamn place, and it all takes place in the breath of that conversation from the Justice League stuff. I, again, and I really, really liked that story quite a bit. I'm putting that one on par with the, the Batman and the, the Shazam one too. Like I it. It was easily it. my favorite of the bunch. Man, it was great. And then the Batman thing, I love it because once again, what really matters to Batman? Gotham. Mm-hmm. Here you have a new god <laughs> with the power <laughs> to know anything anywhere. And what is he doing with all that power? He's taking thugs to the Arctic. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, it's so very Batman. And the conversation with Gordon was brilliant. And all of these things, again, it's like, what would he do? Well, he'd go after the guy who killed his parents. And that whole spiel where, and I mean, when he loses it and takes the, the cowl off and I'm going... How are they going to retcon that? And I, I wasn't crazy about the resolution to that, but it's yeah. still, it, 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 it worked. It just was a little lazy. But I love that again, everybody's got these cosmic god powers and he's using his to make Gotham safe finally. I, I thought that was great. And I also like how they, uh, exaggerated how much of a toll it's taking on him because yeah. that's not what his powers are for. So we're looking for a pretty big you know, point where something is going to break. And in that equation, Bruce is the one most likely to break. Yeah. And Alfred's interactions with him too, also great. I, it was <laughs> it's like, oh, you're, you're a god in a flying chair now. Okay. Okay, uh, whatever. Here's your food. <laughs> I made you a snack. <laughs> and like we said, the, the Shazam one was quite good too. I like the Shazam one as well because they found – an organic way, and by that I mean as part of an ongoing story, to completely change the power set of a character. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a reboot, which is what we see so often where they decide they're going to change a character. He didn't get hit by a fancy laser. Nothing <laughs> no. happened. It was just all part of this where scrap the old gods, put some new gods in him, and then he has to now deal with those gods and their powers. And I thought that was really, again, well done. I really quite like that and i wasn't as crazy again his interactions with him would be better if he wasn't a little jerk yeah but it comes to save him at the end that that stubbornness but they could have had that without the little jerk parts but overall really really quite good and then of course the big payoff of who the final god was i could not have seen that coming and that's that was like a oh holy crap that's huge yeah yeah so that's gonna be kind of cool going forward i am really looking forward to Issue 46, where we're going to see a lot of this wrapping up into that and seeing what's going to happen. I'm I'm really hoping he sticks the landing. And, well, actually, it's more than that because it's the second part. But, man, I, I just don't want 
there to be some stupid retcon crap at the end of this where all of yeah. this investment means We know means going nothing. forward they're not going to continue to be gods, but – Make it work somehow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think also we need to give some praise to the artists. Oh, like God, yeah. Jason Fabok on Act 1 was – astonishing he made it as huge and as big and as glorious as that storyline needed to be and absolutely killed it on every page but then the switch over to francis manipole for art two or act two really worked as well because it was more character focused and built around you know the reveals and the the building up of the characters with his you know panel layouts and all the crazy stuff he does it fit perfectly for that story as well and, and you, you can look again in the the tines as well, like the merino for Flash. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that was beautiful, beautiful work. And and who did the uh, guy majors did the the colors too? I don't know. That one really stood out for me. It was just because there was so so much going on in that Flash issue, and it was just handled so beautifully like you it was like the lightning was coming off the page it was that bloody awesome Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely so any parting thoughts i i just don't know why more people aren't talking about this like i of the people i follow who read dc stuff they pretty much stick to batman which well let's be honest that's half of dc's lineup but this is definitely something that is worthy of attention and worthy of praise like this is high tier, really big DC stuff. And it's exactly the kind of stories I love to see out of team books. Like as much as I love complex storylines and these fantastic character relationships, every once in a while, the Avengers and the justice league need just something big and huge and ridiculous and to do it with a conviction and they're knocking it out of the park. Yeah. This is a hell of a lot better than I can't remember the last Avengers story. Granted, I don't read them all like you mm-hmm. do, but I do read a number of them. I can't remember the last one that I enjoyed even close to this much. I mean, as as far as – like you can't compare this to Hickman stuff because it's a completely different style of story. But I think you'd have to go back to like the early Bendis stuff of just you know this big, huge threat and like just this crazy story where – you know, there's some character development, but it's really focused around like this big cosmic threat as far as what I've enjoyed as much. Like even then, I wouldn't say it's as good as this. But if you're going to compare similar stories, you have to go pretty far back with Avengers because yeah. it's become much more character focused and these big complicated plot lines, which I love, but it's a different type of story. I would love to see this event as an animated feature. Love. And I say that knowing they can do it because they did it with the uh, the first few issues mm-hmm. was done into an animated. And I didn't realize that. That was one of the ones that I watched not that long ago when I watched a whole bunch of them while I was doing my, my physio. And that was one of the ones that I watched. And I was trying to place, where the hell do I remember this story from? And then it was this <laughs> week when I'm rereading from New 52. It was like, ah. So, I think they also did a movie for Throne of Atlantis, didn't they? Oh, well, that I don't know. Mm. That I don't know, but they could do something like this, and this in animated form would kick it. This would be amazing. I would love to see this well done as an animated full length feature. Definitely. I, I don't know if a if, if a single movie would be enough. For it probably this, wouldn't. Wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much going on. You can't fit all this in a ninety minutes. We we need a little mini series. 
Yeah, this versus Jessica Jones. That's what we need. This instead. <laughs> or you know, maybe split it up into two movies, like they did with uh, was it Dark Knight Returns, where it was part yeah, one and yeah, part yeah, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, it could be done. Oh, I would love it. Anyways, <laughs> any other thoughts? Or are we moving no, on? We're moving on. I obviously have nothing. <laughs> nothing for what we're reading. Not a damn thing. I, in fact, I just talked about all that I've been reading. So it's all you. All right, just a couple ones to touch on uh, then. First of all, the first issue of the new version of Mighty Thor. Half of this was a fantastic issue. (laughs) All the stuff with Jane and her cancer treatments and what being Thor means to her both emotionally and physically. Amazing stuff, like heartbreaking and hard to read at points. Let me ask you, do, do people know that it's her now? Yes. And I mean people in the – obviously in the world, not real us. Like in, <laughs> in the comic, that made oh, no sense but you knew no. what I meant. In the comic, do they no. know that it's her? And the only person that knows is her. Like nobody else knows. So still like, I don't even secret. think you know, Odin's son knows. Okay. All right. But like her going through the chemotherapy, like it, it was hard to read at points but that just tells you how well written it was. Right. The other half of the comic was – like it's just like we've seen with so many other the number ones not much happens but the half that focuses on jane phenomenal the first issue of the big vader down crossover man (laughs) they took vader down a little more literally than i was expecting still freaking awesome like they're from what we've seen in the vader series of really making vader a badass again they took it to the next level here. Hmm. Like he handles an entire squadron of X-Wings by himself. He's all, he, he's a huge threat. He's a badass. Like it makes him, you know, the character that the movies kind of hinted at, but never quite made him. The comics have been just doing phenomenally with it. And they're setting up some huge, huge stuff for both him and Luke. Have you been watching the new Rebels? Animated I, series? I still haven't watched season one. Oh, dude. I know. Well, I know. I, I, uh, and this ties into comics <laughs> because there's yes. Kanan and we started watching the, the first season. It wasn't too, too long after we'd finished Clone Wars. And it was like, this is not as good. Still fun to watch, but it's a very different dynamic earlier on that first season. It was kind of like, eh. It was good, but I don't even put it close to Clone Wars. That being said, I do actually know other people who preferred this over Clone Wars. It's stupid people, but what are you going to say? <laughs> that said, season two, they have ramped it up. Like they are bringing it with like you wouldn't believe. It's just – and you're getting different characters now from Clone Wars in there like Ahsoka. And Rex and stuff. And you're like, dude, that is awesome. I can't wait till Obi-Wan makes a showing. It has to happen at some point. But seeing those characters many years later now showing up, bloody awesome. And the story has ramped up. You're getting them fighting Sith and different things like that. It really, really good. Like if you enjoy Clone Wars, you definitely want to be watching this. Yeah, I really need to set aside some time and just marathon that. Yeah. And then finally, the last one to talk about is Tokyo Ghost. I remember I talked about this a couple months ago with the first issue where the first issue was enjoyable. Like it had some kind of cringy bits, but 
I was interested to see what they did with it and what they did with the characters. So now that we're up to the third issue, I felt the third issue was actually pretty strong from a lot of points. Like second issue dealt with a lot of backstory and how they got to the situation. We're now in the third issue. It's really doing some good storytelling stuff with the relationship, the romance between the two characters, given the fact that one of them is trying to overcome this horrible addiction. And I think there's a lot of really good writing here about living with an addiction and overcoming it and why people would stay with someone like that and like the type of person it takes to go through that and to support them as they're recovering. Like, Reminder's doing some really good stuff with this that I wouldn't have expected from this particular story. And the artwork is phenomenal. Like, it's It still has some kind of iffy moments, but I think the larger, deeper story that they're telling here is actually pretty, pretty good. And that's uh, all I wanted to cover this week. Okay. So releases for the week on the Marvel side, we're looking at all new Wolverine number two, Angela Queen of Hell number two, Chewbacca number four, Darth Vader number 13, Groot number six, Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Oh, this I love. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Spider-Verse number one of four. What the hell? Seriously. (laughs) That's the comic adaptation of the storyline they did in the animated series. I know, but it's a... Stupid goddamn name. Anyways, Moon Girl <laughs> and Devil Dinosaur number one. Silk number one. Looking forward to seeing if that's going to be better. I really hope so. And Venom Space Knight number one. On the DC side, we've got Aquaman number 46. Dark Knight three. The Master Race number one of eight. I'm looking forward to reading it, but I don't have the highest hopes. So The bar is pretty low as far as I'm concerned. It's just it, they're hyping it, though. So who knows? Uh, Flash 46 as well. Jacked number one. This I thought was interesting. It's a miniseries one of six because one of the uh, the creators for this is Eric Kripke, which is one of the creators for Supernatural, the TV show. Huh. So if it kind of has that flavor to it, which based on the concept, it's just this dude who it, it, it kind of made me think of the new TV show Limitless takes a pill and all of a sudden he's got powers kind of thing. So yeah, let's see what you do with it. But I like this dude's style because we do enjoy supernatural quite a bit. So it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And where am I at here? Justice league 3001, number six, Superman 46, Superman, wonder woman 23. We are Robin number six and wonder woman number 46 on the image side. We've got the second issue of black magic Chew number 52 postal number eight ringside number one, which I only put in there for you. Because it's a wrestling comic. Awesome. <laughs> and Saga number 31. From IDW, we've got Ghost, Ghostbusters Annual 2015, Star Trek number 51, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 52, and a couple of Transformers. More of the Meets the Eye number 47, and Sins of the Record number 105. Actually really hyped for Sins of the Record. Really? Why? Yeah. Because the last stand of the Wreckers, forget Transformers, is one of the best comics I've read in, 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 during its time period. Cool. Okay. We, we might actually have to cover that on a future episode. It's only a matter of time before you tried to make me read these. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm surprised I've lasted this long. Last Stand of the Records. <laughs> it's a great story that happens to have robots in it. All right. Well, fair enough then. All right, that is going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you for listening. You can find us, of course, on Twitter at CB Informer. The site is comicbookinformer.com. Leave us comments. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And with that, we will see you next week when we cover Jessica Jones. And if you've been reading my Twitter, you kind of know be an interesting where discussion. I stand on this already. So we'll talk to you next week.
make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.